Welcome in to episode six of The Bluest Tape. I'm Harvey Couch alongside Jeff Kolath. And uh, thanks for joining us as we take this journey through the live catalog of Widespread Panic. And um, want to thank everybody for listening, downloading, streaming every week, and um, supporting the pod. Um, Jeff, we are now in early May. What are we covering tonight? Well, it's it's exciting to do anniversaries, but it's it's somehow it's also somewhat depressing when you can say it's a 20th anniversary <laughs> of a of a tour that I was a part of. So, um, we are going to look at spring 1997, and we're gonna this this show episode six and episode seven. We're gonna cover the last eight shows of of this tour, which is. Um, I feel like we say this all the time, but this time I think we really mean it. Um, some of the best shows that Panic has ever done and some of the best playing um, that they've made too. And I think every week we thank, you know, the tapers and everybody else. But I think this week we actually have a member of the band to thank for making some of these soundboard tapes available for, uh, for, for this run, don't we? Yeah, I mean, the band or the crew or, you yeah. know, whoever the source was. There's definitely a plethora of... Uh, of soundboards of certainly from the spring tour and then a, a few into the summer as well. Don't know that we had any in the fall of 97, um, but definitely spring and summer, there was a, mm-hmm. an abundance of soundboards. Uh, I guess probably pretty much the last ones except for, you know, FM broadcasts or things like that. But um, yeah, a great tour. I mean, we, they start out West in, uh, in early March Um go through the mountains and then hit California and come back down to the Southwest and then, um, to the mid, you know, touch in the Midwest and then go up to the, to the Northeast, uh, and have a really nice run, uh, in late April up in the Northeast. Uh, and then here where we pick them up coming back down through, uh, the Midwest as they head down South. Yeah. I think it's, it's the, the three tours that they did that year, um, you know, the, the summer one obviously is a little, is a, is, is a little shorter, just June and July. It's a little over a month long, but they, they covered a lot of territory in all of these mm-hmm. tours. Um, and I'll, I wouldn't say coast to coast, but pretty close. And this one, especially, I mean, they went all the way from California to Maine and then all the way pretty, and then the, pretty much the expanse of the Mississippi river from St. Paul at the, almost at the very beginning, of course, down to the, uh, um, Big Easy down in New Orleans too, so it's a uh, it's quite a tour. They covered a lot of ground, and uh, the, a lot of these shows are really are really strong. The playing's really good, and there's some sort of infamous moments throughout the tour. Of course, three twenty six ninety seven being one of those. The Santa Cruz, <laughs> the uh, the Santa Cruz show, which is one of my favorites. But um, but yeah, I think tonight we've. If I'm sure a lot of the folks that tuning in may have heard at least some of these shows they've um definitely some selections on, on light fuse getaway show up um from five one and five two but there there's a lot of there's a lot of great playing here and we'll be able to talk about some of our personal experiences at these shows especially in the next episode with the louisville and st paul shows yeah yeah so um the other the other sort of um tying uh the, the connective tissue uh is we're we're doing four, four shows in four venues in four nights, which is a sort of, you know, a theme that I think we're going to touch on, uh, you know, in the future as well. And, but this will be uh, our first time doing that. And we're going to do that, uh, two straight, uh, podcasts. So it's kind of cool that we'll do that here to kick things off on the 20th anniversary of this, uh, 
this fall 90 or spring 97 tour all right well let's get it started with the first uh first show uh may 1st 1997 the state theater in detroit michigan um and we're going to be in the middle of the first set with a, a really great kind of three song combo of of, uh, of a cover song and then two two panic originals feeling all right nobody's lost and and you got yours um and again this is one of the i can picture the analog tape i used to have this tie-dye paper that i bought at like office depot or something like that and like <laughs> when i was trading analog tapes so i can still use i can still have, can still see the tape cover and i probably used comic sans font for it so oh, no <laughs> come on I know I've lost all street cred. It's okay, um, but anyway, I think we'll we'll get started right now with a uh, with a great great selection from five one ninety seven in Detroit. Enjoy. Good myself 
All right, that was three songs from May 1st, 1997 at the State Theater in downtown Detroit, Michigan. Uh, feeling all right, nobody's lost, and, and you got yours. And one of the things that stands out there uh, is sort of the the nobody's lost rap or tease at the, in, the, in the close of Feeling All Right before they head into Nobody's Loss. Um, something that, you know, I think one of the things we've talked about and some of the things that we're going to show later on in this episode is JB was in a pretty good mood. This, (laughs) I mean, I don't know that he had his hat backwards, but it definitely (laughs) felt like a hat backwards kind of night. I think this, I'm pretty sure, you know, I was at the show in St. Paul. I'm pretty sure that was a hat backwards baseball Jersey night. So, um, those are usually, that's usually a good sign. So anyway. The the other thing I thought I would I would mention and I, I think maybe they they got it in this version but the thing that I always you know look for in a nobody's loss is um, whether JB and JoJo mix up the sunrise sunset and east and west lines <laughs> I mean it seems like pretty consistent like I don't know that they've ever had a perfectly clean version where they they get them all right on all ver- you know on on both uh, verses but um i think there was i think the first part maybe like the sunrise like one of them was pretty confident and the other one wasn't but nobody went sometimes they're like super confident and they're both wrong you know one of them's completely wrong uh so uh that's just that's my little um nobody's lost bit that is the know, most you ever that is the that? I no, I haven't cuz yeah. I think it's probably the first this is the first time I've ever talked about nobody's lost. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's that. Um but yeah. Oh. I'll I'll listen for that next time. You know, the other thing um about nobody's lost is the the album version, you know, which um is really pretty good and I always like just had it in my mind that I don't know why. I guess just because it starts off with JoJo acoustic, um, that it was almost like kind of a stripped down acoustic version, but um, they kind of build on it. And by the end, it's really like a traditional, you know, standard nobody's loss. And so mm-hmm. it was kind of a, a cool um, approach, you know, a, a different way to um, to approach the song than what they do live, mm-hmm. what they did on the uh, in the album version. All right, Harvey. So can we stretch we out so this could go to a little bit more? Nobody's lost talk, or <laughs> I think that's I think, literally all I have to say about that song. I think we've met our quota. Okay. Um, so why don't you tell the fine folks at home where we're headed next? So, uh, so they head south down uh, down to Indianapolis to the um, Murat Egyptian Room in uh, Indianapolis, which is a uh, now, I, I just as I read this, because I, I wasn't at the show, is that different than the Murat Theater? Yeah, there's two venues. This okay. is the small room. So this is sort of like a big open space hall, with like a music hall kind of. Kind of, of yeah. And no then the theater is, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and now it's like the first national, the Murat room at, or the Egyptian room at First National Bank Center well, look, or something. We're not like getting that. any sponsors from these folks, so uh. we don't need to be giving them the brand name. <laughs> Uh, I'm not interested in that. So it's, okay. it's going to be the Murat, just like it's always going to be, you know, Walnut Creek and <laughs> Riverbend and Deer Creek and, you know. Good you idea. Know. Yeah. Um, so with this um, 
this segment from the show uh, from May 2nd of 1997. Um, we are looking at a uh, at a sandwich, and um, again, uh, mid first set um, after a nice uh, kickoff, uh, they they drop into a, a stop go better off sandwich. So um, we'll uh, we'll throw it to the music.
May 2nd, 1997, from the Murat Egyptian Room in Indianapolis, Indiana. That was uh, Stop Go into Better Off, back into Stop Go, uh, a little mid-first set sandwich, and a, and a pretty rare Stop Go sandwich uh, for, for Hauser-era Panic. Um, that was the second, uh, second version, or second uh, instance. They did it once uh, in June, uh, June 10th of 1996. Uh, with the dirty business in the middle, and then again later in '97, July 23rd, uh, down in Tampa, right? Uh, that was uh, yep. stop go, weak brain, stop go, and opener then, uh, too. Yeah, and then uh, two um, two times in a row in uh, 1998, uh, June 5th, and then June 12th with uh, Big Willie Mammoth and You Got Yours. So it, I sort of, I mean, I was sort of surprised looking at that. It seemed like, you know, it's, it seems like a, a song that um, would, would, I mean, I think it does suit itself to sandwiches and it seems, so it was sort of surprising that they didn't go down that road more often. Uh, it seemed to work really well with the Better Off in, in this version and, and with the other ones that I've heard before. Yeah, it's a, it's. I think you're right. It, it is. I, when you told me that they had only done five, I was really surprised by that because I thought it was. I wouldn't say it was a common, but I thought it was more common than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did you say? They did a handful of them in in '07. Uh, yeah, Jimmy I mean, just C. sort right? of look, just scanning through the every time play it, I just noticed you know several in '07s. So I'm sure there were more, uh, you know, with Jimmy Jimmy Panic, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, just as far as before '02, that was only the five. <laughs> Yeah, it just it again. I th- I think yeah, like you said, I think you're right. It's a song that they, I, I was surprised that they hadn't done more of it because it does lend itself well to that. Um, and of course, there's another sandwich in this show too that starts off the second set with the uh, proving Mr. Soul proving mm-hmm. um, sandwich. This is another another good one. Um, and you know, this show is something that is always. Again, I had it on my tie-dye paper. I did not use Comic Sans on this tape, though. I'm pretty pretty sure of that. <laughs> you like um, you mixed it up every for every show. You used a different font. I did. I that's, could actually. Oh, that's the, almost it, worse. It would almost be better <laughs> just uh, if you went with Comic Sans. At least you were consistent. You know. Yeah, you know, oh, consistency. Yeah. Consistency wasn't in my mind back. You know, when you when when I was 19. But, um, but yeah, this is a tape. I always thought it was interesting because the first set fits on one side of a tape. Um, and, and so I know, you know, first sets are typically 50 to 60 minutes, the rare instance when it extended over, but this one's about 45, almost right on the dot. So, um, short first set, short, short show altogether, but a really good, good show, I think. Oh, yeah. 
Traveling Light from this show shows up on Light Fuse. Um, and I think this is the only audience tape that we have for this episode, if I recall. I think it's the only one yeah. that there, from, that, from this last round that doesn't have a soundboard out. Yeah, and I mean, really, one of the few, um, you know, from the from the latter part of the spring '97, um, you know, really from, I guess, four nineteen on, there was just a, a couple, uh, the Portland and Boston. I don't think those and are soundboards, and then, New uh, York. I don't think there's one either. Okay, yeah, no, you're right. Um, so uh, maybe I'm a little, but certainly this, you know, from from four twenty seven on, this was really this was the only one. Yeah. Uh, audience and it was a good show so it's too bad there's not but it's it's a good sound and audience tape i think mm -hmm. all right so i think the the first two installments of what we've had tonight are, i would i wouldn't say that they're appetizers necessarily but we're about to move into the uh the heavy part of our of, of this week's episode or this uh this week's episode um we're gonna head down south um right on down straight down i-65 straight down i-65 from indianapolis down to birmingham and uh for the another episode be down at the oak mountain amphitheater in pelham may 3rd 1997 we'll find ourselves in the middle of the second set um th this is overall just a great show um mm -hmm. diner porch song opener um driving disco or happy driving disco driving in the first set um and then in the middle of the second set they give us a really strong five song five song uh pre-drums run that is uh i think goes down as one of the better parts of this tour um it starts off with sandbox which is one of my favorite songs and i think another one of those sleeper songs that just n did not get played enough in my opinion um which I guess made it special when you got to hear it, but I love this song. Um, and honestly, as a side, I think one of my, the, one of the best lot shirts that I ever saw was a sandbox shirt. Um, it was at Barstool Rodeos in town and it had like a cowboy on it. And for some oh, reason, yeah. I, for some reason I didn't, I think it was green. I didn't buy it. I bought Pete Sarantakos's A of D shirt, I think <laughs> instead. So, is Pete, a and W repair? That's right. Like a rip off. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, which I think I still have somewhere buried away in the archive. I know I have the sticker still. So you know, anything I could do to help Pete continue on on his tour. Um, but anyway, hey Pete, if you're listening. Um, but yeah, May third, nineteen ninety seven, Oak Mountain Amphitheater in Pelham, Alabama. Um, starting off with Sandbox, headed into Just Kiss My Baby, and we'll let the rest of it be a surprise. So enjoy.
fermented whiskey in my hand I couldn't have been asleep for more than three hours
May 3rd, 1997, Oak Mountain Amphitheater in Pelham, Alabama. That was uh, middle of second set, leading into drums, sandbox, into Just Kiss My Baby, into Greta, into Chili Water, into Aunt Avis, with a little bit of a Highway to Heaven there uh, before Aunt Avis, and I guess a little bit of Night People during uh, Just Kiss My Baby. So uh, really strong stretch of songs there, and uh, maybe the Just Kiss My Baby uh and the night people, you know, the Al, Al Toussaint and the and the meters shout outs as they uh, play as they get ready for their very first appearance at the jazz festival the next day. Mm-hmm. It's hard to believe that that was the first time they played uh, played the festival, and obviously it played there so a lot of times since. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, as um, you know, I mean, a native New Orleanian um, growing up there. You know, uh, I mean, obviously they would normally have one or two big national headliners, um, but it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't what it is today. You know, it wasn't a, a quote unquote music festival like Bonnaroo or, you know, name your festival du jour. But um, back then, you know, to, to have a to have a um, outside band come in and, and get a set was, you know, it was kind of a, a more rare uh, occurrence. So it was pretty, it was definitely, you know, a cool statement that they were, uh, that they were chosen for that. Yeah. And again, I think it's sort of out of, out of the, as we're leading into the next, the next show um, here in our episode five, four um, out of all the new Orleans shows, it's sort of, I don't know. I don't know if, is it ironic that their first jazz fest appearance is probably one of the most, under-listened, under-appreciated New Orleans shows that Panic has ever done. I mean, it's certainly in terms of the shows that were done that sort of, on either year, you know, 96, the two at Tipitina's, 98, mm. of course, and then after with the Halloween shows, too. Um, yeah, I mean, just, they definitely, uh, you know, it's not like they had, hadn't been there before. I mean, I would say even, you know, um, I mean, going way back, but, you know, the, the Tipitina show in 93, the House of Blues show in 94, the State Palace show in 94, um, and then those Tipitina shows in the summer of 96. I mean, those are all really good shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was almost like the, you know, the Jazz Fest show is just, it's just a little different. You know, I mean, it's just a, what they play, 10 songs, um, you know, no no real um big covers or bust outs. I mean, it's a pretty standard festival set from back in, uh, back in those days. So, um, I, I remember, you know, maybe anticipating it being kind of a bigger deal than it ended up being, especially since you didn't get a, you know, a meter song or a fish water or red beans or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll go on to that before though. I just wanted, because this show, this segment kicks off with, uh, a really fantastic JBism. I just wanted to sort of bring together all of the JBisms from the shows that we covered tonight. <laughs> I mean, I love a good JBism, but like they really stuck out to me as I was listening to these shows. Like every single night, there was a, a good one, <laughs> and so uh, I want to just kind of run them in here together from um, from May first and May second and. Uh, May 3rd and then we'll go straight into uh, his sort of intro into uh, Gradle from May 4th 1997 at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival we'll show you our greatest talent here 
That was Gradle from the uh, Widespread Panic's first appearance at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival um, on the fairgrounds in New Orleans, Louisiana, May 4th, 1997, and the last show of a four-show, four-night, four-different-state run starting in Detroit, Michigan, and ending up in New Orleans, Louisiana. Maybe that's why the set was so short, was because they had... They were ready for a break. (laughs) Ready for a break after traveling uh the expanse the north almost the north south expanse of the country in that in that short little span but i also like to think that maybe they were uh already already it's what, what do they call them in baseball the getaway the getaway gate yeah, it was yeah. getaway day and it, getaway, was a day, it was obviously day. a daytime set yeah. there's a, some great uh pictures from that set i don't know if you've seen um, mm-hmm. and uh maybe we can get some of those on um in the show notes but uh yeah jb definitely Backwards Hat Day with his um, his uh, uh, Andy Griffith T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So we'll uh, wrap it up for this episode, and hope everybody enjoyed it. And we were closing out episode six of the Bluest Tape, um, covering Spring Tour 1997. And join us next week when we will complete Spring 1997. Harvey, you have any closing thoughts for the people at home? Um, no, just, you know, uh, appreciate everybody's continued support and, um, you know, keep listening and, and give us some feedback and, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. 